When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So now Posey ranges away and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, what's going on, everybody? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, we come to you right before the start of the first half-ending series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, I mean, I got to thank Joe that, that uh, at a minimum, uh, having won four or five, also just playing cleaner baseball, and Wilmer Flores leading an offensive output. That's what we've all been waiting for. Uh, look, long way to go, but uh, everyone's feeling a little bit better than they were about a week ago. Oh, yesterday alone was such a big-time win for this team on two levels. Number one, they, they needed to beat the Diamondbacks because they hadn't won a series since mid-June. When we're going on a whole month here, number two, Brandon Crawford had just been stung at the plate in terms of grounding in double plays in clutch situations. So for him to have that moment that way, and then the other layer – they're seven and thirty-four when they don't score three runs or more. When you fall down three nothing to start that game, I thought it was a wrap, quite frankly. So for them to battle back the way they did, those were the kind of things that they did last year. And so I just thought it was an encouraging sign. Yeah, have you noticed over the last five days, even in the one game they lost, uh, I tell you what, there were vibes of 2021 on a number of fronts, like and, and I hate doing this because it makes it sound like I'm buying into the idea that they were lucky last year. They weren't lucky. They were fortunate at times, yes. but lucky and fluky. I don't buy that. You don't win 107 games and you're like, totally oh, that's agree. just a fluke. Like that was dominant baseball. But yeah, they were yeah. fortunate at times. I think everyone in sports needs to be fortunate to have success. But take you to Monday night's game. Uh, you're trailing four to one against the Diamondbacks. You get the dribble base hit from Darren Ruff. How many times is he going to beat out an infield hit? And then Wilmer Flores, it's the ground ball down the line that hits the third base bag, flies into left field. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's 2021 boogie time. And, uh, and then Brandon Crawford hits into a double play that stops the whole thing. And so we can say for another frustration or drink in our life for the discussion about the fact that he was safe. But forget all that for a second. I buy what you're saying, which is that for a short stretch here, they feel like a much better team and it feels reminiscent of last year. And here's why that's so important. And this is what I want to discuss with you, Joe. Carlos Rodon right now is the name you hear the most when there are the people out there who feel like the Giants 
should sell at the deadline. I'm sure they could get a massive bounty uh, for a guy who is pitching the way he is going into the deadline. The Giants have publicly stated that there have been zero conversations about selling. However, if things were to go a weird way for the next two weeks, you could make the case that they should simply because they're not going to contend then what exactly you're holding on to for a guy who's probably going to opt out at the end of the year the way he's pitching. So where are you on this? Farhan put it to the players. He said, we're not selling, but as of right now, we're not buying either Yeah. until this team shows us that they are a contender. So that's the assignment for the next two and a half weeks, and it's going to have to come against the Brewers and the Dodgers and, 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 and the like. So the assignment is huge, um, but they're off to a good start. Where are you on trading Rodon? Well, I'm hesitant to try to move him. And, and look, I, I hear the there's a logical argument. Guys, this isn't a real championship caliber team. This isn't the time to go all in. This is the time to think about the future. And maybe you get some prospects. I'm also just looking at who my prospects are currently. Three of the top 11 or 12, depending on what ranking you're looking at, are pitchers. They just don't have a lot of pitchers in their farm system. So I'm looking at the rotation at the big league level, and I'm saying, boy, I don't really want to get rid of Rodon. If anything, I want to work a multi-year extension with Rodon before the season ends. I don't want him to hit free agency. Now, Boris is his agent. He's probably going to hit free agency. But, you know, maybe they do something like with Crawford where, hey, we know that we're going to be competing against a bunch of people. Let's try to get out in front of this and give you a multi-year extension before the end of the year. Seems unlikely. But you know what the going rate is. Four or five years, 120, 130 million. And as steep as that feels... Mark, I think you got to bring this guy back. Well, hell, hold on, because we got a high stakes game of chicken going on here, and I okay. love what you're saying. But you got to remember now, if you're Boris and you're Rodon, here's the gamble you're taking. We're yeah. sitting here right now. It's July 14th, and we're saying, man, obviously you opt out, get yourself your four or five years. Boy, I hope you don't feel a twinge in your arm between now and September. Fair point. If you do. That's a wrap. Your fallback plan is you can opt mm-hmm. in for $22 million because I think he's, he's definitely yeah. going to hit the innings total that he needs Absolutely. To, to be able yeah. to opt in. So the fallback is just to make $22 million again next year. But if I'm the Giants, I'm going to go to Rodon right now and say, Scott, Carlos, let's split the difference. Yes. You're right. You might get to the end of the year and get four and 120 Or you might get to the end of the year – and be stuck because you've had arm trouble in the past. Let's do this now. So instead of four or five years right now, let's tear up next year, uh, make this a new, a brand new starting next year, two or three year deal that pays you all-star pitcher levels, whatever that may be. You know, right now he's making 22. Do we call it, you know, 26? Do we call it 30? Yeah. If you offered right now, Rodon and Boris, we're going to give you tear up next year, three years, 90 million starting next year. Who, who says no? I, I, I think you're all in on this. And it's a great astute point by you because I look at someone like Sandy Alcantara. He's been amazing this year. Everyone agrees. And, oh, he's the high price coveted dude. He leads baseball in innings pitched. And what that tells me is that the Marlins know for sure he is not in their future. 
because you would be much more delicate with an arm that awesome, right? Wouldn't you? And so I'm looking at the Rodon thing and I'm saying to myself, all right, let's say hypothetically, you do want to hit free agency and you're going to get traded at the deadline. And we know we are not going to negotiate till the very end. Will you also run the risk of team X acquiring you and riding you out as a rental and not caring about your shoulder, not caring about your arm? So I think it's a great astute point that you bring up here. Well, I, I, I wonder what their questions would be because, again, for all the same reasons that we talk about free agent hitters not wanting to come to San Francisco, free agent pitchers do. So that's the mm-hmm. other thing. You can head out on the market. You can go talk to the Colorado Rockies if you want. But, boy, that's going to be your last contract. That's yeah. It. Because you're going to go out there and your ERA is going to be four and a half. You know right here mm-hmm. that if we sign you to a new three-year deal – you're going to pitch really, really well. And by the way, when you're done with that deal, and boy, here's our list of players we've made money who are pitchers from Drew Smiley to Drew Pomerantz to Kevin Gosman, mm-hmm. who's making the same amount of money mm-hmm. in Toronto. These are all the guys we've had make money. When you're done with this three-year contract, you're only going to be 32. You're going to be 33, and you have the opportunity to take those Oracle Park numbers and hit the market again. I yeah. I think this actually benefits Rodon to do a three-year deal right now I'm with as him. opposed to a four or five, because if he does a five, now you pop out and you're 34, 35, and the league may well say, we're done with you. You're undesirable at that point, especially if the last couple of years of a contract like that looks crummy, which we all assume those four and five year deals look like. They look more like Samarja than they do Max Scherzer on the back end. Right. I mean, we all agree there. You know, the other part of this is that he has had injuries before. This is a dude that's already seen it firsthand. So the guy that you didn't bring up is someone like Will Smith, for example. He came to the Giants, and he he had one foot out the door in baseball, comes back, rehabilitates himself. He's been a a contributor on a winning team. And I look at the splits for Rodon on the road and at home, and I know it's diluted because of a couple of road performances. He's pitched better at Oracle than any other ballpark this year. And I don't think that that's an outlier. I think there's something tangible there. I just think he fits the ethos. Yeah, he does. And and, and so now um, you got to see how the next few weeks go. I mean, part of this is, uh, again, how do the Giants play leading up to the trade deadline? How's his arm feeling? Um, he's an all-star now. That changes things for an agent. You know mm-hmm. this. Right. Carlos Rodon, Jock Peterson, the two big free agent signings for the Giants are both all stars, which is amazing and, and a feather in the cap for, for Farhan. But it also it, it carries with it a label uh, that, that costs money. And, and so now uh, these guys potentially heading out onto the market at the end of this year saying we're coming off of an all star season. That's great. But again, it's why I would encourage the Giants to go capitalize right now, because what you, your pitch to both of these guys is, I don't know what's going to happen the second half of the yeah. season. You can tell people in the free agent market all you want. I was an all-star. But if they then pull up the, the stats and go, yeah, but what happened here in the second half of the season? Either you got hurt or you didn't play as well. I don't know if Jock's going to play as well. I mean, he's barely had a hit in a week and a half. Uh, we know he's streaky. But that's the game I would play with both of them and say, look, let's split the difference and and pay you and keep you. But – Let's take injury and poor play in the second half of the season out of play. 
Well, CC Sabathia's got this new podcast, and he was talking about when he got acquired by the Brewers, they almost threw his arm off. Yeah. And before he even saw the contract with the Yankees, and that was an era where we were throwing around money and we didn't even think about the long-term effects of a pitcher through a postseason run. So you're a 100% spot on here. And the other part of this is I just think it's short-sighted for Giants fans to say, give me your prospects. Give me your prospects. Look at the rotation. The rotation, Web Rodon, and then you want to add to that. I don't, I'm not trying to subtract from what I have right now. Those two can go up against any other yes. two in baseball. I yes. want to add to that rotation, not take away. And I just think it, this guy fits what we're doing. Well, and Junis is about to come back. Farhan yes. has already said they're not looking to add more starters at the deadline, which suggests to me they're certainly not having any conversations about trading Carlos Rodon. And can I say real quick to yeah. anybody who's been screaming about the idea of the Giants selling, it is kind of funny to me. It tends to be the same Giants fan that's screaming about, oh, gosh, how long do we have to wait for prospects? Okay, if you don't like prospects and you want to win now, why are you screaming about trading Carlos? What do you think you're going to get in return? I know. You're going to get double A and single A no. players. Pedro Martinez. Gonna, once again, we're yeah. going to talk about 2025. <laughs> That's Let's so true. You got to make a pick so right true. now. Are you a now fan yeah. or are you a then fan? Yes. If you're a now fan, stop with the idea of trading Rodon. No doubt. And this is what Giants fans have wanted when, when they ran out of pitching, when, when the Bumgarner thing kind of came to an end, Samarja, all these, Cueto. We wanted a one-two punch, which helped us get to the postseason for all those years. Kane and Lincecum, for example, Bumgarner and Kane, Bumgarner and Johnny Cueto, Bumgarner and whomever, Matt Moore at times was, was the number two. They have a one-two punch. Yeah. Why do I want to get rid of that? I'm looking at L.A. and I'm saying, Bueller's hurt right now. Yeah. Look, look, this is your chance. They can make a little run. Well, this is classically, they are potentially the team. Look, long way to go, but nice little, uh, nice little five-day stretch now. Uh, they're classically the team that if we get to September and they are potentially one of the wild-card teams, they're classically the team that the Braves and the Dodgers – and the Mets will be like, that's not the team I want to play nope. because you could slip and fall and be down 2-0 in a playoff series because now they're going to have great starters too. But but Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon are absolutely capable of throwing through two two to one games up there in games one and two of a postseason. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly you're uh, you're in bad shape. I'm keeping that potential. Yeah, me too. If I'm the San Francisco Giants, I'm with you. Even if it runs the risk of him walking, because I believe you yes. get a compensatory pick, even if he walks in free agency anyway, which to me is better or as good as one of these prospect swings. Well, and by the way, I have faith in in this team to go always find when someone walks whoever's next next man there's up. a connection yeah. here that we've many of us have missed this year i believe because a lot of people are like oh you let gosman go and he's an all-star right but what the giants thought was they know that kevin gosman is good they're the ones who convinced him to come and made mm -hmm. him better with mm -hmm. their thought process but at 22 million for five consecutive years guaranteed they thought well, I bet we could get the same production out of Carlos Rodon for one or two years. Guess He's what? They were right. And yeah. so if you want to get mad that Gosman's gone, talk to me in three years. Yeah. And if he's still doing it, then the Giants were wrong. Yeah. But – if he's weak in three years, and I bet he will be into his mid thirties, well, he's already fading. Right. Yeah. Then they then they were right because they yes. got the same production for the same price yep. at a shorter term. 
Well, and the other part of this is one's a lefty, which is hard to find, who's yeah. a flame-throwing lefty, which is even harder to find. So I'm with you on this one, Mark. Well, we're in agreement here. It's I, I think it's it's Pennywise pound foolish to try to move Carlos Rodon right now. I'm trying to work an extension. Uh, the other big free agent is Jock Peterson, the other big all-star. we got some things to talk about. On his front, we'll do that here in just a moment. But a quick reminder that alongside Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Willard, and this is the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and are subscribed. Okay, Jock Peterson is the other one. And uh, and he's interesting on a number of levels right now, not only with the idea of making the all-star team and, and, uh, and potentially what's the conversation there in terms of re-signing him. When Farhan was on with us a few weeks ago, he, he sold all of the – you know, the wonderful things he thinks about Jock Peterson. He's always wanted him. He got him, and he did slip in. We're trying to have conversations with him now. We hope that he stays well beyond this year. Making the All-Star team might make that tough. He may want to He may want to test free agency. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. But one quick thing I want to say on Jock this week, he stated, because Jock has been the poster child for the fan that says, I'm sick and tired of the platooning. If this guy's an all-star, you got to let him be an everyday player. You Yesterday, he got pinch hit. Yesterday, he got pinch hit for, and the timeline lost their minds. Absolutely. And Jock Peterson stated firmly, I signed up for this. This is precisely what they told me I was going to do when I got here. I got a pen. I signed a piece of paper. And now we're doing it. So – you can make the case that that still doesn't mean it's right in this particular moment, and we can have that conversation, even though his OPS is almost 200 points lower against lefties. But but I just want to make sure the fans know, because sometimes I feel like we make up controversies in our own mind. Belt must be furious about this, and Jock must be furious. And they're like, we're not furious about this. It, and in his case, we signed up for this. This yeah. is something he was behind when he came here. Yeah, well, I think Jock is just – he's one of the metaphors of a larger discussion amongst Giants fans. You're pinch hitting for Longoria. Why is Austin Wins DHing? You dropped 12, 13 runs that night. It was irrelevant. Like, I get it. You want to see Brandon Belt, who's six of his last eight, play. How's his knee? Do you know exactly how good his knee's feeling today? Do you know that maybe he doesn't want to face the guy that's on the mound? Like, there's so many elements that maybe forget the spreadsheet. Maybe there's a human element that we don't know about. That's the other thing that's kind of frustrating me from Giants fans. They're just p- bitching and complaining about every substitution and this and that. I'm like, wait a minute. Austin Slater's been one of the best Giants over the last 11 days. All right. You want to complain? Great. Then you're not allowed to clap when he succeeds and they win a game. You're mad that Wilmer Flores is at second base. So when he hits the game tying home run, because the numbers tell them he's the guy who needs to be batting in that particular moment. Don't get up and clap. Like you can't have it both ways right now, Giants fans. And I really truly feel that Gabe Kapler, and I was trying to defend him the other morning against Bonte. If they didn't squeeze the lemon for every drop, I think they'd be seven or eight games under 500 right now. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing. I, I Like, I am completely ears wide open with fans who are saying the same things that so many are, which is 
where are exciting players? Where and, sure. and an exciting player has to be an everyday player. So there's the connection there. Yeah. So fans want everyday players. And do we deserve that as fans? We do. Yeah. We absolutely do. We deserve to have players who are compelling. This is an entertainment uh, industry. And, and, and so that's what we're doing here. And the Giants certainly have all the resources and the money and, and all of that stuff to go get them. However, there is a certain piece of the current Giants, and this is DNA stuff now, that is simply part of Farhan and Scott Harris and Gabe Kapler managing. And you either have to just allow this into your brain that this is going to be a part of Giants baseball right now, or you need to suggest that these people should be fired. Because if you don't want someone who is going to run math and say, we believe that this is the best position for this player to be his best player. If you don't like that, then you're going to be perpetually frustrated with <laughs> this team. Day out. Even when they yeah. get the star. You're going to so get true. a star in left field or right field someday, and you're like, okay, we got our star. And the other guys are still going to platoon. Yeah. And it's going to make you pull your hair out of the sides of your head because this is who they are. Yeah. It's not just what they do. It's who they are. And if you want to suggest right now that this group should be fired – I think you sound kind of silly. You know, they won 170 games last year. They're not perfect this year by any stretch. No. They've still won more than they've lost. So I just – I guess that's my point. I fully hear what people yeah, are yeah. for, but you have to either accept or reject who this this brass is at their core. And, and, and I, I mean, I would accept it right now. It's been pretty good. Well, so let's let's take yesterday's game for like the starter. They did this opener thing. They bring Brebia in before he even throws a pitch. People are like, I can't believe they're doing this. And my question is like, who else is starting this game, guys? Have you seen their? They don't have any rotation. There's nobody in AAA. They just acquired a guy that they're hoping maybe maybe can come up. They're hoping Junis can come back. So Brebia goes out there, throws a scoreless inning. Then in comes Sammy Long, gives up a couple. Everybody loses their mind. But you look up and you go. This team gave up three runs over nine innings as a staff, a, a bullpen, whoever. They band-aided it, and they won the game. Why are we complaining? Okay, so Tyler Rogers came in in the sixth instead of – or the fifth instead of the seventh or the eighth. Maybe he needs to come into the fifth wow. in this particular game. Why are we being triggered by things? Like, let it play out. Well, and you can be upset about it. There's plenty of things about baseball right now that a fan can say, I don't really like the way that this is going. And that's completely fair. That's up for each fan to say. But I also think there are things that get hung around the Giants' heads that everybody's doing. We're like, why are they using openers? You know who used an opener in the largest game of the last decade? The Dodgers did. They used an opener in game five of the playoffs between the Giants and the Dodgers. So, You can argue all of these points, but I do think that in some ways, Farhan and Gabe have almost become like poster children, like representatives of a movement that's all across baseball. The Rays have been using openers for years now, and I know the Giants are not the Rays. I get it. But there are plenty of big market teams Mm -hmm. platooning. There are plenty of big market teams, Mm -hmm. successful ones, using openers. These ideas are being used not to tick you off. They're being used because they've been shown to work a lot of the time. 
Well, and I think the one thing that I've noticed with baseball fans, they're the least open to change in general. For oh, example, sure. for of all the major sports, for example, just the catcher position. I was listening to Kruko explain why Joey Bart gets down on that leg. And it looks like he's doing the splits. And he was explaining that they've done this analytics for the big league level, not for high school, that they can get more low strikes. And I'm going, you know, it looks goofy. I'm not used to it. It's nothing that I would ever teach because I don't even understand it yet. But I kind of see where they're coming from. And let's see. Let me monitor how many of these low strikes that they're actually getting. And as I was watching, I'm going, okay, well, they've had a bunch of pass balls this year. It's a growing process for some of these guys that are new to this system. But I kind of see where they're going, and I kind of want to let it play out. Instead, I can't believe they're doing this. This isn't yeah. what Posey did. The Giants believe that it works, and they believe that winning will calm everybody down. Exactly. And right. Like, I guess my final answer to anybody who's upset with platoons or openers or spreadsheets new or way of like thinking. That is this stuff was all true last year and nobody was mad. Nope. I, mean, I, mean, I guess that's my, my final point about it would be that. Like, this was all true last year. They, they Even then, they did not have any players who made you want to stop what you were no. doing. They all they platooned all over the place. They used openers. Mm -hmm. They used data. They used spreadsheets. And nobody complained. So all I'm asking for is consistency of thought when it comes to our approach on how we're looking at this. You either hate it or you love it. You can't only hate it uh, when uh, when it's not quite as pretty as it was uh, when it first started. Well, and the other misnomer is, come on, Giants fans, you, you don't like the shift. I mean, Barry Bonds was shifted his entire career. I just saw a still photo from 1947 of Ted Williams being shifted uh, dramatically, like worse than anything you've seen in the major leagues. It was a still photo. I couldn't believe it. And I'm saying to myself, the shift's been around. We just never wanted to open our eyes to it. Yeah, the, to a degree. I mean, now, obviously. <laughs> yes, now it's out of control. Year. And, and you know, look, they're going. that's another one of those things. Like They're going to change the rules about the shift. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they absolutely are. Um, and uh, and so, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see if that uh, gets a game moving at a little bit of a quicker pace. Uh, the other thing about Jock I want to get to um, as he gets ready for the All-Star game, thought this was really, really interesting, is that he was invited to be in the Home Run Derby. And as a fan of the Giants, I was thrilled to see him say, no, um, I, I don't want to do the Home Run Derby, even though – It'd be a whole lot of fun, right? It'd be fun to see a Giants representative up there in the home run derby. But Jock has done it before. And it was, I thought, interesting because we usually hear guys try, oh, yeah, no, nothing's different because we've watched so many guys, right? They've got 30 homers at the break. They do the home run derby and they hit eight home runs. Bobby Abreu. Right. And you're like, what happened to this yeah. guy? And they're like, yeah. I don't know. No, it has Josh Hamilton. Nothing to do with the derby at all. Yeah. Jock. As he's been prone to do, this is someone who will admit stuff that normal players wouldn't, right? Remember the phone? Like, here's yeah. all the stuff that I texted to Tommy Pham. He'll just tell you. And he told us this week, like, I did the home run derby, and I could barely move for two days. <laughs> I couldn't move. And, and so, yes, it, there's completely a penalty. There's totally something that falls by the wayside when you do that. Um, and you don't get an all-star break. Like those yeah. next couple of days after the Derby, when you're supposed to be recharging, uh, you're not. And so the way he's hitting right now, I absolutely want him out of the Derby, and I'm glad he said no.
Yeah, I am too. And you just look at his batting average has kind of slowly started to decline. Um, I think he's actually been robbed. He's hit a couple of balls that I thought were for sure out of Arizona, yeah. AT&T or Oracle, excuse me. This humidor thing is driving me nuts. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like it's driving me completely batty, if you will. And I, I really do believe Jock is. Did you see the ball, by the way, the other day that Brandon Belt hit off the wall that didn't go out? Well, I was at the game. Well, that was it. I couldn't believe that ball didn't go out. Forget the ball. Did you see his face when he got oh, to second base? Yeah. Was, I, I think he wanted to sign a free agent deal with the Tigers right there. I mean, well, and, he and, was exasperated. He's like, I have been hitting balls off that damn wall yes. for a decade, and I'm done. I'm, I'm yeah. done with it. He's not the only one. Then they're shading. I forget who their right fielder was at the time. He's so far into triples alley, whatever that is nowadays. Jock hit one to the warning track in center field, and he caught a ball in a spot. I didn't even know you could catch a ball at. I, I said, I've never seen a right fielder play right over there. So they're, they're just some unlucky stuff. I know it sounds like me carrying water, but I really truly believe his at-bats have been better. So many Bart. Bart's at-bats have been better oh, than what the data is showing you. He, he took an 0 for 3 that night I'm referencing. It was Monday night. I was there. He took an 0 for 3. He hit one line shot to the left field warning track and another fly ball that was just shy of the warning track. He's been better. There's no yes, question. Much this better. Has been not perfect, whatever. We'll see where it goes. But since he got recalled, he's definitely been better. In fact, he's one of the guys – we want to talk about coming up next, so we'll do that here in just a moment. A quick reminder, uh, again, that this is Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Mark Willard and Joe Shasky. Rate, review, subscribe. We bring you two episodes a week. All right, just want to whirl around with a couple of players who've had some interesting things go on, and we were just talking a little bit about Joey Bart, and I wonder, you know, to, to what level, because it has looked a little better, we've never had any concerns about the defense. In fact, feels a lot better with him defensively back there over Austin Wins, for example. So uh, you've never had any concerns on that end. And the fact that he did, you know, he hit a home run a couple of games ago. He's had a lot more loud contact and maybe even more importantly, just a lot of contact, like the automatic strikeout thing for the moment doesn't seem to be there. Are, are, are we, are we back on the Joey Bart train at all? Just because of the last week and a half too soon. What no, I'm, I'm really encouraged. I, I think the yeah, bats, my eyes are telling me they look better. And then the number one thing, the home run was beautiful. It was so cathartic for him. I mean, he needed that so bad. It wasn't a pull job. It was right back up the middle as into dead center field, which has kind of been one of my big issues with him in the sense of use the whole field. Why are you trying to pull everything? It felt like he was stepping out, going toward third base. Head was coming up. The at-bats just look better for me. And you're 100% correct. I didn't realize it till he left. The drop-off defensively is is precipitous, as they yeah. like to say. So I, I'm I'm loving where he's at right now. Would I like to see him put the ball and play more? Would I like to see some more, you know, doubles and and go the other way? Absolutely. It's a work in progress, but I'm extremely encouraged. Mark, what about you? Yeah, well, a couple things on on, on that, which is you know, you bring up him not going the other way, which is a head scratcher, uh, because we know he can do it. When he came up, he was doing it a lot. Uh, we've seen it certainly in spring training. This guy has tremendous opposite field power. So that's a weapon. And especially coming off of years of Buster Posey, who quintessentially used to send the ball out to right yeah. field all the time. Um, he, I, I would love to see them work on that with, with Joey. Uh, you know, use all fields. Don't be trying to hit a home run on, on every single uh, at bat uh, because I think really some really good power to the right side uh, would come from that. The defensive side, you mentioned 
he's he's tremendous back there. Here's one thing I'm looking at that going forward. I mentioned earlier that sometimes we as fans put controversies into the players' heads, right? Like he must be furious that he's being pinch hit for. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I know that guys have raved about this clubhouse and this staff both last year and this year. But I do wonder for a young guy who is clearly confidence shaken based on this year. He's searching. When, whenever you get late in a game and the game is close, the Giants yank him. And I wonder how that affects him. I don't know. I'm not going to put controversy in his head. Yeah. But I, what I'm looking for next is that the Giants – are confident enough in what they're seeing to say it's a big moment in the game. There are runners on base. The game is tied. And we think you're the guy to go untie it. Um, wouldn't in other you think, words, wouldn't you think you'd have to, to a spot right. where he's not being fed with the yeah. idea that we all think you're about to strike out. That's yeah. what I'm looking for next. Yeah. To me, that's something that he's going to have to earn over a couple of weeks stretch yep. with good at bats that just look better. Forget the data. Like I, at some point they're going to, cause it's not like, it's not like Austin wins his data is just knocking the, the cover off the ball. Yeah. But like at he's, some point I want to see, he's a yeah, yeah. I want to see just, consistent good at-bats where he's not getting overwhelmed. At one point, he was an automatic swing through. I mean, that's just what it was looking like, like four pitches, five pitches, and sit down. Well, the at-bats that I'm seeing as of late, I think that that's going to happen, but you've got to earn it. You don't want it handed to you at some level. Like, I, I hear people bat him in the two-hole, bat him here, bat him there. You don't want to feel like you're handing it to him. You want him to earn it through at-bats earlier in the game that earn the trust of the manager and well, his teammates. Well, and and right now you, you're still in that spot, though, and, and remember what Farhan pointed out when, when he was on with regard to uh, what the norm is, what the average is in terms of catcher output around the league. It's, yeah. it's terrible. So there are a lot of teams that are putting lineups out where they're not getting anything out of their catcher. So – Whenever he gets something going, maybe you look at it as a bonus. You kind of already do with wins to a degree. We did with Casale as well. Um, if the Giants can just get what they've gotten from him over the last yeah. week and a half, I'm incredibly satisfied, and I got to think that they would be too. Yeah. Um, and when Casale went down because of this dynamic, we all thought this was going to be a disaster. It was like, oh, my gosh, like what are they going to do? Are they going to recall Bart? That'd be a mess. Are they going to sign somebody else? Well, they did recall Bart, and it has not felt like no. it has caused them a problem. In fact, if you really look at the moment he arrived, let's go to the third game in Arizona on the road trip. He gets the big yeah. hit that wakes them up, and their record from that moment, quick math, what, five and three, yeah. and, and the best baseball they've played in, in a month, by far so and the pitching looks good back, yeah his arrival back to the team yeah. has actually been right in line with them playing a lot better it's good it's not a coincidence to me like he, he just he looks really under command there i don't know if you were watching they're doing the pitch calm thing when there's a guy get on second base the synergy between him and logan webb is really there like yeah. i noticed logan webb and him they're you know yes no like it was really quick it wasn't like staring down at each other i, I think that there's obviously something there i'm fired up for tonight because you know Rodon versus Corbin Burns. I don't know when you're going to be yeah. listening to this. That's going to be a great matchup. Take the under. That's, yeah, that's I, like, my, I heard that today. My, take the under, brother. Six and a half. Um, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Take the under. Yeah, I think both of them will pitch well. Um, the Giants always have trouble with Burns. So, yes, he's uh, a beast. So, so we'll see. Hey, uh, before we jump, 
Jake McGee with an unconditional release. We saw the DFA. Now it's an unconditional release as of today. Sure, he'll get picked up somewhere for sure. Fascinating comments from Susan Slusser of the Chronicle, who tracked down Jake on a phone call. Didn't really have anything bad to say about the organization at all. He simply said that it was frustrating that for whatever reason, he would go five or six days sometimes without pitching. And he's not someone who feels like he can succeed that way. He needs to pitch a lot. We saw him do that last year and he pitched great. So he probably has a point there. Um, But, you know, he said, look, I think they're trying to, they're trying to build some different things in the built bullpen, bring up some young guys. And I totally understand that. But there was one comment that I keyed in on that I think is really important for, uh, for our fans and, and fans of this team to, to know. And he said, we had such cohesion last year and that bullpen was so much fun. And the clubhouse, remember, we kept hearing about it unmatched. And he goes, and I want everybody to know that this year, it's pretty close to that again. There is not mm. any uh, anyone pushing in a different direction. Team they, mutiny. They get along fantastic. Yeah. They, they still believe in what they're doing. And I do think that's important because so, the machismo for so many of us, it's like if you pinch hit for me in the sixth inning and I'm one of the, you know, six or $10 million players on your team, there's no way in hell I would take that. Well, the words we're getting from inside the clubhouse is that this team continues to be okay with it. Yeah, that, that's interesting, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, that makes me feel a lot better because, look, I think it's fair to be skeptical of, oh, hey, all this yanking, and you got an older team, you got the oldest infield in baseball. What do these guys think about this? You know, it, it's a radical thing if you've been playing a certain way for 15 professional years, okay, and all of a sudden there's a new way of doing things, and you guys start to not win games because when you're winning, no one's going to complain. But right. you lose a little here, there, your role gets diminished. The McGee thing's interesting to me because McGee got brought in. I didn't know if they were going to sign him as a closer, but I looked at his like game logs. I'm like, this guy's got like 20 career saves. He's not really a, a closer, but he became one. And we wanted him in the eighth inning, really, and then it just didn't really materialize. And this year, if we're looking at just lefty output, Garcia is a more diverse, better version of what you're hoping McGee to be because he throws a pretty high 90s fastball. He's got more of the breaking stuff. I just don't think there's a role for him right now. Well, I think, again, the uh, the nail in the coffin, and we mentioned it last week, the nail in the coffin is you're in Arizona. Duvall's throwing 37 pitches. True. You're in trouble. The bases are loaded. You need an out. And you go get Sam Long. And, and I and you know, if you're Jake McGee, you watch Sam head into the field, you're oh, like, no. I'm getting DFA'd yeah. in yeah. about four days. And he was right. He was right. Yeah. So that was the clue. And for whatever reason, the Giants, I think, feel like it, his his abilities um were great last year, but for this particular team, they've they've run their course. So at yesterday's game, as we go former Giants closers here, they obviously beat Mark Melanson. He gets the blown save. My God, inject all that into my veins. That jabroni, he drove me completely <laughs> that was, insane. That, was that the, guy. That was therapy I, for Giants fans. I saw uh, a lot of people, they're like, I don't, even, I don't even care what happened. It was just to see Melanson blow something uh, to the Giants as opposed to for the Giants. That was, that was a warm bath. Mark, I know this sounds crazy, 
<laughs> Armando Benitez in a Giants uniform had a better run with more saves oh, than Mark Melanson. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Now, he didn't flip the ball over Felipe's head like Armando Benitez did, but he didn't want to stretch on opening day. And as far as I'm concerned, after opening day, after both of those things, blowing the yeah. save that Bumgarner rips bombs and then not stretching with the team after I gave him $65 million, Take a hike, bro. Yep, yep, yep. So good vibes only right now, but a huge series against yeah. the Brewers coming I'm up. So and when it's over is the next time you'll hear from us, which yes. we will have our end of the first half special for you coming up at the end of the week. So for Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Beautiful. Willard. This is Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe.